I'm Molly, and you're listening to Zetus Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What's up, all you zany family members and or weirdly manipulative and mean TV show hosts out there? I'm Alan. I'm a weirdly manipulative dude. <laughs> Sorry, what was what that was word? That? Give me that one again. Yeah, let's try that one again. I'm a weirdly manipulative Nailed TV it. show Ooh. host. Yes, if we sound it out, we'll get there. Yeah, we're hooked on phonics here. <laughs> and I'm Max. <laughs> and this is Zetus Lapidus. It is the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or decom in chronological order. And there's been way too much time analyzing them. This this week, folks, we watched the Even Stevens movie. We did. <sighs> yeah. yeah. What a, I the, remember the show Even Stevens because yeah. I do now. Yep. Now I, I remember it as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. The description of this movie is Dream Vacation, Dream On. Ren Lewis and the entire Stevens family battle ferocious squirrels, angry natives, and one another on the adventure of a lifetime. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just love how it starts with dream vacation, dream on. I guess technically that's all true. <laughs> yeah. Makes no mention of the TV show they're on. I mean, I, I guess they're trying to not give away the twist. Yeah. You know? Mm, that's fair. That's, that's fair. big surprise moment. The big twist. That nobody grand saw reveal. coming. Uh, who could have thought? Uh, this movie was released June 13th of the year, 2003, and I gotta know, did either of you watch this movie as a kid? Because I did. You know, I must have, because I watched Even Stevens. So I have to assume I watched this movie, but none of it was very familiar, and yet all of it was very familiar. Mm. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember watching this. I remember now how I felt about the show even Stevens <laughs> same specifically like a few char- like beans my my visceral <laughs> oh, hatred Jesus. of that character came back just screaming yeah, that's back true. yeah that's yeah. true yeesh the top song of the time let me tell you this artist has had a stranglehold over the last two weeks is 21 questions by 50 cent would you still have love for me, girl? So, it's important that I mention that this scene is taking place at a payphone bank, yeah. which, for those listeners who are not millennials, payphones are <laughs> what used to exist on a street where you would have to put quarters and money into, physical money, into a phone and dial out. Uh, or call collect. Or call collect, yeah, which is just super fun. I never made a collect call. Never? Oh. You wait, you didn't? Wow. And it features a bunch of gentlemen uh, getting into a physical altercation in a payphone bank in this section of the music video. Girl, would you still have love for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, the top grossing film of this week was Finding Nemo. Heard of it. Now, I, I, that's great and all. You know what? Fish, Lucky Finn, cool, whatever. Not important. The top grossing film of last week is what I want to focus on. Because the top grossing film of last week was too fast, too furious. Oh, I'm too fast, too furious. I'm too fast for y'all, man. Drop. <laughs> I saw that because it dropped from its number one position to number two with Finding Nemo coming out, and I was like, well, absolutely I mean, not. I mean, too fast, too furious. Being at two, two. just feels like yeah. that, the, that's where, you know. It's, it's the one without Vin Diesel. It's, yeah. Well, it's one of 
I guess that's true. He does technically. Technically, he shows up in three. I I guess it's it's the one with Paul Walker and no Vin Diesel. Like it's Mm. like weird. Vin Diesel's not in this one. I think. Yeah. Here's the question. Hate it though. Here's the question. The Rock got paid a million dollars for his very short cameo at the end of Fast Ten. True. How much money did Vin Diesel get for his very short cameo at the end of three? A hundred k. You think so? I bet he got more than that. Well, okay. I don't think he got a whole million, though, because we're only three in. It's not as popular yet. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Didn't get a million. Yeah, I agree. And the drama between The Rock leaving was was very big, and so the drama of The Rock coming back is very big. Big, big money. Oh, no. Wait a minute here. So, Vin hmm. Diesel didn't want pay for his Tokyo Drift cameo. He wanted Riddick. Like the Chronicles? Mm. He He got a movie for it? Apparently, and I'm not going to take a lot of time reading deep into this article. No, I, but I think you should. I'm very He got interested. a whole movie? So That's more than a million dollars. Okay. I'm just going to say it. How did the filmmakers get Diesel to return? By, sorry, listener, we're now a Fast and the Furious pod. How did the I filmmakers wish. get Diesel to return to his iconic role? That's what comes Toretto? after. When we finish our 100 DCOMs, we are yeah. now just... We're a dedicated fast family About pod. damn time. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Therefore, in exchange for doing the cameo in the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, Diesel didn't want cash. He wanted the film rights to the Riddick character, which were owned by Universal Pictures, the maker of the Fast and Furious films. The studio agreed, and in 2013, Diesel produced the smaller budget Riddick, which came in a major hit with the actor. Okay, so he wanted rights to the Riddick character. But that doesn't count as the movie deal, because he's already... He got rights to self to self make Riddick. He got he he got licensing rights to the character. Yeah. So that he he could that he could make a movie without the uh, without the agreement of Universal. Correct. I mean, I don't think I don't think of Riddick as like a high dollar thing, but it's probably worth more than a million dollars. Would agree. Would agree. Huh. Interesting. Well. News headlines of this week, or this month rather, Wicked, starring Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth, officially opened at the Curran Theater Whoa. in San Francisco. If you want some other crazy moment in time stuff, in June of 2003, during the NBA draft, LeBron James was taken as the number one overall selection for the Cleveland Cavaliers in wow. June of 2003. That's all. That is crazy. That is a crazy thing. <laughs> like, this is, I saw both of those headlines and I was like, fuck yeah <laughs> wicked and Whoa. and lebron like wow pretty wow. pretty impactful cultural things started right now it was like uh, i was blown away and blown also away. the even stevens movie came out <laughs> which is what we're talking about max way to lay it up for us just gonna slam that in so let's dive into the even stevens movie which starts in the like in one of the craziest ways we've had a decom start which is with a mystery man performing reconnaissance and selection of a family. He's crossing names off a list, and he ultimately lands on the Stevens family. We don't know why right now this is occurring. We just have a a really close zoom-in shot on an actor's mouth as he laughs maniacally after selecting the Stevens family. Mm -hmm. From there, we cut to... Oh, I suppose, Max, I should ask you, how did you feel about representation of technology in this scene? Oh, it was good. good. I mean... Yeah, I, I, we love an internet thing, right? And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's good. I liked the like the the 
collage of family photos slowly slowly going away and going mm. down to like th- four and then two and then one like it was you know it was, it was nice it was nice, nice. Uh, and from this, we cut to a completely normal thing, which is a junior high school graduation. So welcome back, Chrissy Carlson Romano and Shia LaBeouf to the Community Theater. It's great to have you back. Gotta, your faces. We got to welcome back like 30 people. Yeah, there's so, I know. There's so much community theater in this movie. Yeah. Larry from uh, Don't Look Under the Bed. Yep, he's mm-hmm. back. Um, his name is Alan in this movie, but he was AJ in You Wish. We just had him. Mm-hmm. Alex in You Wish. Alex in You the Wish. The actor's name is AJ, I think. Yeah. We got a lot of A's with that guy. Yeah, his name is Alan Twitty in this one. Twitty. Yeah, he goes by yeah. Twitty. Dave Coulier, who obviously most notably of Full House fame, but he was in 13th Year. Correct. He was. You know, we got a lot of them. This is, this is a, a, a gathering of the theater. And, and listen, I'm just going to... I'm sorry. I'm supposed to believe... Mm-hmm. That Chrissy Carlson Romano is thirteen. Yes, you are. Is thirteen yep. years old. You're supposed to believe that. And that Shia LaBeouf is what twelve? I think 11? he's two years younger than her. So eleven, 11 years old. I'm supposed to believe he's eleven years old. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what I mean, the I'm... problem is. <laughs> I, I don't, is this what even Stevens was? And yeah. was I just like? I'm a kid. I don't understand age because I, that's the that that's the craziest thing in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. The idea that Chrissy Carlson Romano is 13 and Shia LaBeouf is 11 is the craziest thing in this movie. And there's crazy shit in this movie. It's insane. There were multiple times, Max, to your point, and what, like we we need to talk about them where we have like. Genuine, like romantic sexual tension. I, I'm very uncomfortable. Right? She's 13. She's I'm 13. very uncomfortable with people watching and sexualizing her if she's 13 years old. It's, like, it is bananas. Also, I, if she's 13 and the actor who she's supposed to be falling in love with, like, he's, 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 he looks at least 18. Like, I'm like, what is what is happening right now? For, but for the record, Christy Carlson Romano was 19 at the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was about to look. That makes sense. Okay. I was going to guess like 1920. All right. Well, that adds up. So how old was Shia? I'm, a, I'm on it. We're on it. Well, two years younger. So she would have, he would have been 17. If he's two well, years younger. Than if he is young. actually two years younger. I'm, I'm looking over Molly's yeah, shoulder. Yeah, 17. Okay. Yeah, so just down six years each of them. Yeah, yeah, normal. So we have this graduation from junior high where CCR is introduced as, and I quote, the single most amazing woman that the principal has ever met. Yep. I was like, damn, some high praise. But also like, go outside, dude. <laughs> <laughs> she comes on stage. Maybe raise uh, the bar for my yeah. 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. She comes on stage, gives a speech, uh, and I, I, this isn't something else that I actually like wrote down. She was like, on this planet, I like to call earth. I was like, homie, it's just earth. We all call it. We that. all call it. It was a nice little joke. You yeah. know, she, she like waited for a laugh. Nobody laughed. <laughs> the script nobody, said, wait for laughter. Yeah. And, and then everybody did. else's script said, don't laugh. Yeah. And this is when Shia, uh, as Lewis Stevens and obviously CCR as Ren Stevens, Shia comes onto the scene and I forgot. And was reminded quickly that Louis Stevens is a genius. Like he mm. is an engineering inventive genius because he mm. brings um, a 
larger-than-life beach ball to life that floats across the stage behind Rin as she's giving the speech, intending to distract that he then blows up. Um, and it's supposed to be filled with confetti, but Beans, who, again, I want to reiterate, I don't like that character. Beans, sure. is, Beans has uh, Spencer Breslin energy. But yeah. instead of being whiny, he's just chaotic and weird. Gr- yeah, gross, gross. maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah, replace whiny with, like, gross or yeah yeah like weird for the sake of being weird yeah it's yeah not like little kid weird like yeah like i'm gonna carry armfuls of bacon around like beans love bacon what the fuck is that (laughs) like they do this thing with beans where he alternates being just almost intolerably weird and then also like super insightful. It's like if you were a D&D character, you had a charisma of four and a wisdom of like 15. Like you, mm-hmm. you somehow are like insightful, but cannot represent yourself well at all. Mm. And I was like, this is just odd and I don't enjoy it. So yeah, Beans apparently can't hear nor interpret the English language because he mistook confetti for spaghetti and filled this beach ball full of spaghetti that exploded over the crowd and everyone. Yep. Bringing the junior high school graduation ceremony to a close. Can I just say, though, two things? One, I really like that the gym teacher had the tassel on his ball cap for the graduation <laughs> instead of his, like, like instead of the graduation yeah. hat. Um, and two, I just want to reiterate that Louis Stevens is a genius because this is a very complicated little device he's created it is. and why isn't he in some sort of like stem program somewhere it's it's a great question i think this is like he's the poster child for like undiagnosed adhd like he he has like a bunch of creative energy and he doesn't have an outlet so it goes into chaos but he should go make shit that's helpful because the next thing we're going to see is he's made like a chair. A lounge, the super lounger. I'm sorry. Yeah. The ultra loungematic super chair is what he calls it. It, it was an ultra loungematic super chair. Undeniably. I don't I know what else it. I could call it. I right. liked it. it. It was cool. So we have before we get to the ultra loungematic, just I really want to quickly pause on this one moment. We have the family wanting to come together over summer. That's like a theme. Mom and dad want the family to come together before all the kids separate. Right. Older brother Donnie going to college. Is Donnie a knockoff Lawrence brother? Uh, mm. He looks like if if before I had laser eyeballs and I hadn't put my contacts in and both Donnie and Joey Lawrence walked into the room at the same time, I don't know <laughs> that I could have picked which one is which. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. They, they certainly fit the same like archetype. Yeah. For, right. for, yeah. for the record, I had very bad eyesight. Listener, I was legally blind. I think my contacts were like negative eight. So there's a chance, you know, Beans and Joey Lawrence could have walked through <laughs> and I wouldn't have been able to Don't tell Don't do them Joey apart. Lawrence like that. Talk I'm just that saying Joey. He, he had a Joey Lawrence vibe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. So that's, the, that's sort of the theme. And then as, you know, chaotic as a decom would be, naturally all the kids split and stuff, mom and dad where it's really sort of unimportant where Donnie and um, Lewis go. What we need to focus on is Ren. Ren goes on a date with her three-month boyfriend, Gil, who is a lover of syrup and summer camps in Maine. Uh, and he leaves Ren 
over breakfast. Mm. Dumps her. A, a classic three-month, he takes the three-month exit on he, Relationship Highway. Yeah, he, he, he also hits her with the classic, I don't want to be tied down when I'm gone for the summer, but when I get back, we can pick up where we left off. Mm-hmm. And, and good for Ren is like, no, that's yeah, not what's going to happen how here, right? Works. Which, uh, you know, props to Ren. Uh-huh. Props to her for not like being kept on the hook for she knowing her worth. her worth. Yep. She's not putting up with that shit. No guilt. Go have your fun in Maine. I won't be here when you get back, right? Even though she's hurt, she's clearly very broken up over it. She doesn't hang around and and just wait around for him to have his fun and come back to her. Exactly. And the reason that we need to mention it is because, as you said, Max, she is broken up about it, and we get many a moody backdrop of yeah. Rin in the future, which sort of sets the stage for other plot points. But we are at home. We are relaxing. We are, uh, Shia is introducing his chair to his three friends, uh, Twitty, and I cannot, Twitty, Tawny, and Tom, right? Or John. The nerd one. The boat, the, the captain nerd boy. I do not remember, oh, captain, my captain's name. Uh, I mm. actually think his friends are funny. Like, I think, mm. I there was a, there were multiple times in this scene that I laughed out loud. And it made me remind, it reminded me why I watched the show as a kid. Because I genuinely think Shia LaBeouf is funny. There are times he's not funny, but there are times in this early scene where his like physical humor and the way he said things, I thought was funny. Okay. I found him through adult eyes to be frustrating. Obviously. I think as a kid, I probably would have found it funny. I, to be clear, I don't think the things that they want me to find are funny oh, are okay. funny. There were certain phrases he said, like, for example, very soon he's going to take all of Ren's pantyhose and create a mosquito net around his chair. Which, why does a 13-year-old have so many pantyhose? God, that's so many pantyhose. I have a, I have a follow-up. She got... Also, the amount of pantyhose it yeah. would take to make what he yeah. made. It's a, and it's a, there it's, were more that Beans was digging out. Like, there were so many pantyhose. <laughs> that she has an entire dresser of just pantyhose. I mean, it it was, she, she got shifts at City Hall later. That's a really niche... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a <laughs> listener. That's a joke that's, for those who are there's, there's for three of you in the audience. Uh, maybe you know. Listen, I was cleaning out my garage this past weekend and found pantyhose and was like, I don't need these anymore. I've been working <laughs> city hall in ten years. <laughs> um, but he, she like rips the pantyhose mosquito net off, and he's like. Ren, the Skeeters are really bite. Like, just the way he said the Skeeters be biting or something, like, made mm-hmm. me laugh because it wasn't the over the top, like, shtick that he does most of the time. When he's just yeah. being, like, just the way he says things and the, the words he chooses, or maybe it's scripted, when he's not being over the top, I actually think he's funny. But most of the time, he's very over the top and obnoxious. It's like, I feel like they try to take all of the, like, super over-the-top characteristics of Jim Carrey and, like, an Ace Ventura and put it into a kid for, for Shia in this movie. Mm. And sort of in the show at large, which I think did a disservice to the fact that he's a really good subtle actor and his actual comedy and delivery is good. But we have yeah. this whole, like, come together. We meet the friends whose name is... Ca- uh, oh, Captain, my captain, by the way. His name is Tom. I Hey, you nailed here, it. Here we are. Hold on. The impetus of this is to set up the conflict in the family and then introduce Miles, 
who is the gentleman who is doing the stellar selection work in the opening sequence of this film, who has come to the Stevens household to give them a pitch. I just want to add on to something you all were just saying, and, and this will introduce Miles. I, when we said that this movie was coming, I was like, oh, even Stevens. Mm -hmm. That's a show that was on when I was a kid. I enjoy the nostalgia of exploring these movies for this podcast. And I related it to the famous Jet Jackson, the, yeah. the Jet Jackson movie, which I found to be this weirdly, not weirdly, but like unexpectedly warm hug mm -hmm. for me that like, oh man, I really like these characters and I really like this world. And I rated that movie very high because of mm -hmm. just like how it felt to get back into this world that I hadn't been in, in, you know, I don't know, 20 years. Right. And so I was looking forward to this movie. And as miles is introduced, played by Tim Meadows, by the way, mm -hmm. as miles is introduced, he's introduced because Ren has come out to find all of her pantyhose and she tears the net off the chair and she ends up in the chair She's like, help me get out. And Lewis is telling her to hit certain buttons. And it's not clear to me if he's actually trying to help or he's trying to sabotage. But either way, like she's running into chaos. She gets thrown from the chair. And then the chair becomes sentient. a bull. It's sentient. And, <laughs> and starts revving its engine because mm -hmm. apparently it has an engine. Mm -hmm. and, and it charges them. And it was at this moment that I iterated out loud. What the actual fuck am I watching? Uh -huh, uh -huh. I re I remembered in that moment that I did not like even Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't watch this show and it was on. I thought it was fucking stupid. And I think it's stupid now. <laughs> I, I can't remember if I liked this show or not. Like, I truly think I did sometimes. And I know I watched it. But I also think I had similar thoughts to you where I thought it was stupid. Yeah. And I like I, I'm very familiar with these characters. It was yeah. it was obviously very popular and it was on a lot. And like I know that CCR is in the show and I know that he's in the show and I know the names Ren and Lewis. I didn't know any of the other characters, so I definitely didn't watch a lot. And I just was like thrust back to being like, oh, even Stevens is on. Change the channel. Like not gonna watch this show. It feels like it has the potential at its core to be like a really interesting show that then chooses to jump the shark in a lot of just like ridiculous and just wacky ways like the sentient bull chair yeah that it, it's just it was crazy because the sentient bull chair bowls over ccr and shia as well as miles yeah and that's what the impetus for Miles to get into the house because Miles is like, I've got to give you a pitch. And Mr. Stevens comes out and he's like, hey, we don't want to buy what you're selling. And he's like, oh, I don't, I hate to contact a lawyer, but my back hurts real bad. And so cut to him giving a presentation in the house, which if that doesn't qualify you as somebody shady, like right off yeah. the rip. I'm going to blackmail you <laughs> to get into your home and pitch you something. Right. Like mm -hmm. if that, there's a, there's a couple red flags on that one there, uh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Stevens. So the pitch is, hey, family, we've got this uncharted, untouched island named Mandolino, and we're going to send you there scot-free, 
And it's going to be a vacation. All expenses paid. We just need you to give us a testimony. Oh, and don't worry about a language barrier because everybody on the island, English is the mother tongue. Be- because the la- the island is made of people... Indigenous people and shipwreck survivors. <laughs> Did you what? catch uh-huh. that? Yep. That's yeah. my Crazy. favorite line. Great. And That's the like, we got a bunch of white people here is the like. White people. Yeah. He acknowledges that mom is a state senator and dad is a lawyer. Now, he might be an out of work lawyer, but he is still a lawyer. And mm-hmm. so he pushes a contract to the family. It's like, who wants to go? Everybody but Shia wants to go. He's sort of running around like this background character, just being super chaotic in this. Another, another scene where I was like, he is too much. Like, his reaction and volume of being like, we can't go. I got me in my chair. Like, I was just like, dude, I cannot handle this. Mom, scene. don't like, you want to make me laundry and serve me breakfast? I was like, it was Bro. just so much. I could I, I couldn't I couldn't handle it. And despite all of that, the question that popped into my mind was, "Hey dad, maybe the reason you're out of work as a lawyer is because you didn't read a fucking contract. Yeah. You didn't even take a second glance. You trusted Blackmails McGee and just signed it." By Blackmails McGee, do you mean the principal from Mean Girls? I do mean the principal from Mean Girls. <laughs> I do. Was that your introduction to Tim Meadows? No, I knew him from like SNL and stuff, but Mad I, TV probably. Mad TV, yeah, but I, TV uh, I really connect with him as the principal on <laughs> Mean Girls, and in a in a smaller role, he's very funny on Brooklyn Nine Nine as Andy Sandberg's oh, yeah. cellmate in prison, uh, and he's a cannibal. But he's very it's very funny. It's very funny. <laughs> So the family says, yep, let's go to this Uncharted Island. Let's, let's go ahead and just, you know, knock this out of the park. They hop on a, on a great biplane and fly to the island where they are greeted by these indigenous people. We should quickly mention that the family unit is joined by beans. <laughs> yes, um, yes, right. Because Ren, in her heartbreak has taken a job to babysit Beans uh, for his family and w- in what she believes is the afternoons. But then Beans' family just leaves for Helsinki for two, maybe three weeks. And now he's living with them. And he brings like the line. I'm sorry. I like I did smirk at the line where. She's like, Beans, I'm just babysitting you for the afternoon. And he's like, my parents won't like that. They're in Helsinki. And they're like, what? And he goes, it's in Finland. Get a globe. Like, I laughed at that. <laughs> Get a globe. It's like, well, like, like, that's the crazy thing. Right? Like, that's yeah. the problem here. Yeah, like, yeah. No, no. <laughs> that's just like another representation of the weird dichotomy that is Beans, right? Because you have that, which is actively like a funny sort of little bait and switch uh, subverting expectation line and mm-hmm. then he shows up with a suitcase full of bacon mm-hmm. and I'm like why just what no mm-hmm. no man family plus beans now now <laughs> and he said it was someone else's bacon no Did that, he say, that was, was that that was, was that joke oh, okay the joke was like She's like, Beans, did you bring a suitcase all of bacon? And he's like, no, I'm holding it for a friend. Okay. Like the suggestion that 
that he has that much bacon yeah. is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was real. This is some real highbrow comedy here, Max. It may be too advanced. Come on, Max, get it together. I I couldn't tell if he. Like it's equally crazy. (laughs) It's it's equally chaotic. If you imagine that there's another character in universe that's like, "Hey, Beans, can you hold all this bacon for me?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take it to my babysitter." Zoom, and I'll just put it in their fridge for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. God, they're like I actually so think I like that joke better. Like if I'm, I, th- I think that idea is fucking crazy, and it's kind of funnier. Yeah. God, I just had the thought, Max, because you it just hit me when you said it. If he stocked up that fridge with all that bacon, and that bacon did not make it on the plane, their fridge is gross when they get back. That's true. Ugh. Okay, they arrive on the island, they meet the indigenous people who are all chanting like they're part of a cult, and they are welcomed onto the island. They are given the island elders home after being outfitted with these absolutely stellar swinger hats, and these, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Yeah, they're swinger hats because they're pineapples. They're upside down pineapples. I get the joke. So they get the hats, and again, we're not here yucking yums. They get their awesome hats. They go to the elder house. There are, throughout this entire film, listener, if you've seen Even Stevens, you know that there's going to be tension between Ren and Lewis. If you've never seen Even Stevens, I'm going to tell you right now, listener, there is consistent tension between Ren and Lewis. That is the that is the prevailing thematic element. And they get in a fight over who's going to get the ocean view room. And I just have to tell you, based on that beautiful CGI house, there are plenty of windows. I guarantee you most rooms have a view of the beach. It's not that, a big deal. That was a crazy looking effect. Uh, <laughs> I loved Shia running into the clear green dude. screen and them having to like <laughs> make him smaller as he ran like forced perspective. It's like somebody just <laughs> just dragged him like shift, shift scroll down. It just didn't look like anything else in the movie. Like, <laughs> like the pictures of the house looked completely different than everything else in the film. Yeah. It was wild. Actually, you know what, Max? That's not true. I'll disagree with you there. The pictures of the house look just as real as those awesome and certainly real shots of the green waterfall that we get later on. Mm-hmm. They're just like the land. They have plenty of like real landscape shots that are very clearly taken on this island or some island. And then there is a CGI waterfall sequence where, at least to my colorblind ass eyes, the waterfall's green. And I'm like, why is this a thing? But we meet the we meet the the islanders, we go into the house, we select the uh, the rooms, and then everybody gets sort of called for a, a delicacy situation where they have to eat slugs. Can we talk about one scene in the montage of them having fun on the island? I I yeah, don't sure. I don't want to talk about it, but I think we need to. Yeah. It makes sense with the pineapple hats though. At one point, it's like this montage of like all the family having fun, and like there's all these like beautiful people around, oh, and like Ren, I know what you're gonna say, and like Ren meets this cute boy, and then Donnie's got all these women, and it's a lot of who are sex. who are spraying him with bamboo spray bottles as he runs, yeah, like, like they're just yeah. running alongside, yeah. squirting him with spray bottle, like he's in a theme park with one of those fan bottles. Yeah. Yep, it's it's a lot of sexy stuff um which is again 
weird because some of these people are children. But at one point, we get a close-up shot on mom and dad laying down <laughs> on like a, a bed outside like, on the beach, like a lovely cabana and uh, mom and dad are feeding each other grapes which is really nice but then it zooms out and laying on the other side of mom <laughs> is another woman yes big spooning is another woman and then on the other side of dad is another man and then those people feed the parents grapes <laughs> and I was like what am I looking at now? Uh, a foursome is it what you're looking at very suggestive uh, a little, a little for partner a swap is what you're <laughs> I, looking at it didn't even look like partner swap. It looks like everybody. Hey, who's dick in my mouth? Is what it looks like. It was like who's in my mouth? Balls everywhere. Like it just. It seemed like there was going to be four people having a good time very mm-hmm. soon all together. And hey, I just, good for them. What a vacation. I, good for them. They got the dream vacation they wanted. I just was like, is wow. this in a decom right now? <laughs> the answer is yes. Huh. So we have this slug delicacy moment after everybody has had their own, you know, sort of sexual exploits if they are of the age of consent. And Miles looks over at Lewis and is like, hey, the elder keeps a pantry of a bunch of goods. You don't have to eat this slug. You can go get the pantry. And Lewis, you know, makes his breakaway by saying, I have to use the facilities and hands the slug off to Ren, who's upset because reasons... And Lewis takes off towards the house. He arrives, goes into the pantry, gets a bunch of food that's been clearly stocked and placed there. Fantastic. Finds a door that effectively says keep out. It's like special secret forbidden ritual room. Mm-hmm. Goes inside, takes a seat in a chair, tries to kick up a footrest with a, with a conveniently placed lever and destroys the home. That it topples like a Jenga tower. It does. With beautiful, again, stellar effects, the home collapses, mm-hmm. leaving just Lewis Stevens sitting in the wreckage, somehow untouched. Mm. He, is, he is in the center of the wreckage, listener. He mm. literally sits on the broken bones of the shambles of this home and mm. has avoided any injury. The Indigenous folks arrive, see him, and Miles informs them that they have cursed the land mm. by destroying the Elder Stone. Even their lug- luggage is cursed. And now they are participants on Survivor. They are, they are now on semi-naked and afraid. And they have to navigate this island as a family unit plus beans. And the family's okay with it. Yep. They just accept it. I mean, they're like, get us out of here. And he's like, plane's coming in a week. Deal with it. What? Which is also ridiculous because literally in one of the next scenes, we have a plane fly over. Oh, that's true. But that's part of it. it. But that's part of it. No, they do. Mom questions it. But like, I mean, this is all part of the big twist. Part of the big, big the big manipulation, right? Is like everything is uh, annoying. Everything is manipulating them. Everything is playing with their emotions. Did you guys figure out the big twist? Uh, I remembered it from when I saw the movie, so. I see. I, I didn't, I knew something was up, but I didn't know exactly, like, like the, there was something wrong with the whole thing because we also didn't mention that like, Donnie saw somebody that he thought he went to high school with. 
um, one of the one of the people that live on the island, Donnie runs into him and is like, you look just like this guy I went to high school with. And the guy's like, no, my name's Lalo and like kept going. And I was like, oh, that guy definitely went to high school with him. Like <laughs> there's like something's happening, but I don't know exactly what's happening. Like that house was made to topple. Obviously, Lewis was set up like I don't know what is happening here, but clearly it everything is not as it seems. Yeah, there's when, some shenanigans. When Donnie met Lalo is when I wrote, this is a social experiment, isn't it? Mm. Uh-huh. The next sort of series of steps is separating the family into two groups. You have mom, Donnie, and Lewis, and then you have Ren, dad, and Beans. Those become the two groups of three that are separated, and then because of, again, the social experiment that we're talking about in the show that these folks do not yet know that they are on, they are going to be pitted against one another. The group, and we don't know yet, right? We do not know yet at this point. No, they reveal this after the feast. Correct. Yeah. So we go to the feast where it's Mom, Lewis, and Donnie, who are you can only apologize to the tribal elders in groups of three, which seems like just a really arbitrary rule that nobody questions. And they arrive. They have a feast. They they party it up with the with the tribal people, and I'm putting that in quotes, listener. Uh, as they are attempting to sort of regain their standing with the Islanders. Miles then sneaks out at some point because he was once at the, at, at the dinner and sort of like disappears for a little while. You have Mutai, who is the Islander who has taken a romantic interest in Rin. We have Mutai find Rin and be like, hey, I've seen your family at a feast. You should see it with your eyeballs. And then takes her to the feast Miles shows up and is like, hey, I see you see them at the feast. Uh, yeah, they, somebody said more for us. And he's like, Miles is being an instigator of conflict uh, and using the previously, like using the relationship between Ren and Lewis to sort of light that fire, which leads to the first confrontation at the beach. I do want to talk about one line from Beans in this moment, because while we have the feast happening, we have Beans, Ren and Dad at the beach. Ren leaves with Mutai to go sort of discover the feast situation. And when she leaves, Beans looks at dad and delivers this line. <clears throat> Want to go skinny dipping? <laughs> uh-huh. What do you want to talk about, Al? What the fuck, man? <laughs> Did you not ask your friend's dads to go skinny dipping? Sure didn't. Sure didn't. I have never asked anybody to do that, actually. Like, that's what? What a crazy well, I, thing. I won't go that far, but I didn't ask my friend's dads to to go skinny dipping, certainly. Yeah. It was yeah. just so out of the fucking blue. I was like, what? Yeah. How is this in this movie? I He just, like, Beans is written like a character that they're just like, what's the next crazy thing he can say? Like Beans is just catchphrases. 100%. Like, instead of the same what you talking about Willis over and over again, everything he says could be a catchphrase. Imagine that his catchphrase is want to go skinny dipping. I want you to imagine, I I want you to imagine that there's like an eight year old kid on a, on a sitcom that his catchphrase is like, want to go skinny dipping. Like everyone he meets. God, that's so crazy. And he like, he's carrying his big arm full of bacon and he just like, it's just, and like the bacon is like held where it covers his body. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, want to go skinny dipping <laughs> <laughs> i think you've written a better character that's funnier oh, to me wow. yeah. oh god 
This is the, to your point now, and I think that you start picking up, you know, originally the family is trying to work together to like make the best or like survive on this island. They have split up to like have different jobs. Mom and Lewis and Donnie have gone out to try to find food and dad and Ren and Beans are making the shelter. And then Miles gets them to the feast. And when they're like, we should go tell the rest. No, 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 no. Only three people. And like every time they are wanting to like communicate with one another or or let the other one know what's happening, Miles is sort of swerving them. And you really are picking up like they are being pitted against one another and that they are being manipulated to like perceive each other in a certain way. And while we haven't gotten the reveal yet, they're setting up the premise of this whole thing. I have a question. Do you guys think Tim Meadows, did he know that the brother and sister fight a lot? Like, why did he pick this family? He, well, we get a reveal of that a little bit later. Alan Twitty actually nominated the family for this show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then revealed right. all of the family secrets to give Miles the ability to manipulate right. them in this that's way. That's right. Yeah. So he knows everything. He knows that Ren just broke up with a boy, which is why he puts Mutai, Jason, uh, in the island. He knows that Lewis can't keep away from a keep out sign. And that he, you know, snacks all the time. Like, they know everything to manipulate. I forgot that. It was helpful. Alan's fault. Let me just say, Tim Meadows is the best part of this movie to me. Like, (laughs) I I think that he's the one shining light. I actually think that, like, while the character is obviously horrible, his, like, I'm Miles and welcome to Family Breakout. Like, his delivery of these lines and his swap from, like, host mode to, you're fired and you're fired and you're fired. Like, I just thought, like, he was the best part of this film to me. You know, I think Tim Meadows was not only the best part of the Even Stevens movie. (laughs) Max, look what we've done. Uh But I think he was probably the best part of Coneheads when he played Athletic Cone. Oh, sure. Yeah. My favorite cone. Yeah. The best cone. Yeah. Yeah. He had to interact with Customer, played by Eddie Griffin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you might remember that Eddie Griffin was the bike messenger in 1998's hit film Armageddon. Whoa. Whoa, that's fast. It was directed by Michael Bay who also directed the Transformers movie, which stars Shia LaBeouf as Sam (laughs) Wickwicky. Damn quick one. Whoa. I've been trying for weeks to go 1-1, and I haven't been able to do it. And I Uh was like, God damn it, Transformers is going to be the way. (laughs) And I spent so long. I could have done a much longer Armageddon in the time it took me to find another 1-1 connection. Because I found two offs. I found three offs. I found somebody that had been in a movie with an Olsen twin, which could have connected me to Dave Coulier. Like I had like so many other connections. I have found the kid that was in the Goldbergs uh, was in Kim Possible, which CCR, right? Like, and somebody mm-hmm, else was mm-hmm. in the Gold. Like I had like so many other connections of so many other shows that I like, and I could have talked about, but I was like, no, this is the week that I go one, one <laughs> and transformers will get me there. Except so right- we went, we went even Stevens, Coneheads, Armageddon, Transformers, even Stevens. Yes. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Wild. That's that's quick. That's, that's fast. I mean, I mean, that's as quick as you can go unless there are two people in the decom that are I was also gonna say, in Armageddon. I was going to say the dream. The dream is that you can go direct, right? Ooh. So far, we could go direct one way, multiple times. Sure. It's the coming back that but kills But there is yet to be a, a decom where two people are in Armageddon. Huh. Halloween Town, right, is when you can you can go direct. Under wraps. Oh, under wraps. Oh, under wraps yeah. and smart house. And smart house. Interesting. Yeah. You've been armageddon the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, listener. I was kind of falling asleep watching this movie. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I felt like I wanted this movie to be over. And maybe you want this podcast to be over. And I thought I would just... <laughs> Oh, a, my God! Armageddon, real quick on this one. Oh my! I think that's called projection. <laughs> that no, I, I, I want to believe that we are more entertaining than this movie, but I like, I couldn't keep it together for this movie because it was. <laughs> I, I'm gonna make a confession to you. I started this movie yesterday. Yeah. And 45 minutes in, I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> and today reinvigorated i turned it back on finished you tackled it, it. You tackled i it, literally kept dozing off because like behind the scenes it's 115 i you know we were at an event all day and then i went and shot a different video and blah 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 um but i kept dozing off and al would be like hey get up what hey, hey. and i'd be like huh what i miss nothing <laughs> 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 why do i need to watch this <laughs> <sighs> okay so we, we as you mentioned, we have this manipulation occurring. And that is going to be the theme until we have, like, intervention, right? That, but the theme plays out another two times of Miles doing some manipulation. I mean, it, it's more than two, but, like, there's only, like, a couple of other mentioned ones. We're back to this shit. And let me tell you how pissed I am that we're coming off of Right on Track, one of the best decoms we've watched, to let's do the same thing three times like we have in old decoms, man. It this was, is some old-ass shit right here. Yep. And, like, let's just talk about it. They're only going to talk about a couple of them. They have a squirrel that is just a recycled demon puppet from Hounded. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, sending both families on two different, bo- you know, both groups on two different trails to find empty containers and have them blame the other other group. And then you have the romance reveal that Miles is actually scripting the romance between Mutai backslash Jason and Rin, which of all of those things, I am the most uncomfortable with the scripted romance with an as written 13 year old child. And like super uncomfortable. And what is revealed is that they are on a prank show, but more importantly, it's live, like the Truman Show. Apparently, yeah, they Truman showed them, and everyone at their homes is watching the show. So you get cutaways to like Ren's friends being like, "Kiss him, girl. He's so cute." And then you get cutaways to like Lewis's friends, and then you get cutaways to. Uh, Larry from Don't Look Under the Bed, who I think is an antagonist in this show, if I remember correctly. I think he was like Ren's mm-hmm. frenemy in in school. That's correct. Yeah, because we see him at the junior high graduation. He's like, Ugh, when they're talking about her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so like you you see all these people watching their lives unfold and cheering them on or laughing at them or whatever the reaction is and then you also see that people can vote it's like before it's time it's like yeah they need to vote on the kiss between ren and utai ren kiss the guy and you could like text in your vote Mm mm-hmm we have all of these things occurring. Again, we're recycling the angry factions of like the, each group of three. And Tori and Tawny decide they need to go to the island because it's revealed that it's actually not this uncharted island. It's just off the coast. Uh, they need to charter a boat and go tell their friends and get them off this island. And they're like, oh, gosh, how are we going to get there? Oh, you know what? Tom is a captain mm-hmm. of a boat. Yeah, as an eleven-year-old, I was gonna say this is twelve-year-old is the captain of a sailboat, mm-hmm. and and you know yeah. what? They're gonna sail out to sea to uh-huh. this island that's right off the coast. Three twelve-year-olds, and here we go. They arrive at the island after like Tom kicks them off the boat unceremoniously because he actually can't take the boat in close. They get separated. This is uh, Twitty and Tawny get separated on the beach. Um, Twitty gets taken by security and is thrown into a... God, I just don't understand this. This is so dumb. He's thrown into a trailer that locks from the outside, but also contains all of the costumes for all of the actors and actresses who have to be staffed to keep this thing going. Yeah, they just put him in wardrobe. They're just like, put him in the wardrobe trailer. It's It's ridiculous. So, so they have him get tossed in. I was like, he's very clearly going to get out. He's going to become an actor. He's going to blend in. This is his. This is yeah. Alan. This is Alan Twitty's bit now. I enjoyed him. Yeah, he's likable. I like him and Tawny. I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember liking Tawny too. Side characters definitely the most likable part of this show, and I mean, I like this movie mm-hmm. by far. Oh, fully agree. We have uh, Twitty sort of off doing his thing, trying to escape, while Tawny is bonked on the head with a coconut and suffers from limited amnesia. Uh, who sort of stumbles upon the family and through, you know, talking it out, her memory comes back to her and she's like, you're on a TV show, which is sort of when the family now realizes they are on TV. We've known for a couple of, for for about half an hour, we've known the family's on TV, but this is when the family discovers that they are on television. There's also a, a piece happening in the background that we haven't talked about, but that is pivotal to the end of this movie, which is that you find out as the show is going out, Miles, our host, Tim Meadows, is very worried about the ratings of the show. This thing, by the way, it's like the Olympics. It's on all day. It's not like a, it's not like an hour-long show that's on every day. It's on all the time. They have morning show. They have primetime show that you can tune into this fucker whenever you have TV on. It's, it's on constantly. It. It's kind of like Big Brother. Yeah, if you watch live feeds, which I absolutely do. So anyway, it's um, it's always on. And Miles is concerned about the rating. And he's specifically comparing it to a show called Gotcha, which we saw a, a snippet of early in this movie when Lewis was in his chair. He was like looking for entertainment purposes. I have a TV and a like screen flipped up and he apparently had cable on his fucking outside car chair. What have and you, you know, we saw Uncle Joey uh-huh. hosting mm-hmm. a prank show 
called Gotcha, and they all thought it was funny. Uh, uh, Lewis and and Twitty and Tawny and Tom all thought this show was very funny. All have T names. That's they do. Just now hitting me. They do. Huh. And. So Miles is very concerned. How are we doing in relation to Gotcha? He finds out you're one point ahead of Gotcha. And he's like, that's good, but I want to crush them because he found out or we, we find out that he had hired Uncle Joey to host Gotcha. And then Uncle Joey pushed him out. So mm. he wants revenge on mm. Uncle Joey. And this is his revenge plot is to torture a family. Yeah. <laughs> He I wants have, to torture that's people. That's true. I have to tell you all that there's a, there's a nail salon. I don't know how much you guys go to the nail salon. but Frequently, whenever, go on. Whenever you go to the nail salon, they always have something generally appealing on the TVs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like at my nail salon here, they usually have like Food Network on one. Oh, sure. Classic. HGTV. Ooh, love that. The one at my mom's nail salon in Atlanta, whenever I go with her, has this prank show on. Oh, yeah. It's not Gotcha, obviously, hosted by Dave Coulier. And I, I think it actually is from another country because it's always muted. It's not like I could hear it. Mm. But it is always a prank show where the pranks look exactly like Gotcha. Where, like, for example, on Gotcha, somebody orders dinner and it arrives on a silver platter. But when they remove the dome thing, there's somebody in a gorilla suit and their head is on the platter. And. That's a really funny prank. Gotcha! Gotcha! That is literally the level of prank that I watch at the nail salon at my mom's nail salon. It's like, <laughs> literally, like, people will... Another classic, like, the little rascals, like, they'll leave a dollar on the ground, but then it's connected to a string, and when people go to pick it up, they pull the string a little bit. And like, gotcha! Gotcha! You done got got! And, and then at the end, the host comes out and says something, and... uh what I can lip read, I believe to be Spanish. And then the people are like, ha 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 ha. And it's like, all I could think about was going to the nail salon. Ugh. This felt like to me, I mean, like prank show has been around for a long time. Obviously we have like a can camera, uh, that I think was popular in this time. This felt like the era of punked. Yeah. Mm. Like it felt like prank shows are big. And so, like we make a prank show like that that feels very of the times for me mm. um in early 2000s yeah it's it, pranked it, it was in fact 2003 punked was in fact punked. oh good enough wow wow nailed it max so we have all of this occurring now the family knows as the family finds out twitty has unplugged unceremoniously via an incredibly sped up uh, sequence all of the wires that he can find. Not only has he unplugged them, which by the way, these wires are very long. They have to span an entire campus of uh, people to like track all the video, audio. I mean, these are incredibly, we're talking dozens of feet in length. And he carries out with him like six inch wires that he twirls around and they become sort of like a pom-pom which is representative. So like he must've cut them as well. Listen, an insurance policy. Well done, Twitty. It's not making up for your actions of selling out your friends and their family, but like you're making good progress. So he has now unplugged everything. The show is offline. People are rioting in the streets mm-hmm. because their show is offline, but don't worry. We're going to put on a very calming woman. Who's going to teach you how to make Easter eggs. And that will, that will soothe the savage beast. 
mm-hmm. and we will we will we will get back to your regularly scheduled torture soon. So as this is happening, Miles is freaking out. He's firing everybody, which is incredibly counterproductive because they're the only people who can help him get this show back on air. Makes no sense to me to fire all your staff that's literally helping you get the show on air. And as this is occurring, the family is now trying to figure out Sans, Rin, and Lewis. The family is trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? Now that we know we're on a television program, what's the plan? Yeah, and as you said, this is Sans, Rin, and Lewis because... Ren had been with Mutai. Ren had been with her love interest and they were doing this like, well, they won't they thing. They were connecting. Mutai was actually about to reveal to Ren that they were on a television show. He says, Ren, I have to tell you something. And Miles says, Code Red, and sends in the quote chief to like interrupt them grab Mutai, pull him away, and Blame the Lewis. chief blames Lewis mm-hmm. with an in-ear. He, he's getting coached uh, on radio. <laughs> Through an in-ear, they're like, just blame Lewis. And so he's like, Lewis is to blame for everything. He told us you were loving with Mutai, or whatever. And so Ren goes chasing after Lewis because once again, Lewis has ruined everything. He ruined the house. He ruined the vacation. He ruined her relationship with Mutai. He ruined uh, her junior high school graduation. He ruined everything. And so the rest of the family's getting together. Ren is aggressively chasing to get revenge on Lewis. Okay, I, you said chasing. I want to correct that. She's hunting him. <laughs> she's right. hunting him she has she has decorated herself in war paint she has we see her sharpen a a branch <laughs> to a fine point she's gonna kill her brother she's yeah. going to kill him <laughs> she oh. releases a savage war cry and is hunting her brother we know this because as soon as miles gets this show back on the air that's what they cut to the hunt that is occurring like Lewis is looking for a squirrel that stole his peanut and as he's searching in the forest floor a spear lodges itself in the ground in front of him and he's casually like oh hey Ren and this is when the hunt begins <laughs> also I, I have another question this movie is so stupid and yet there are things I don't understand about it uh-huh there, I think those two things are related, Molly. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think you actually just gave your reason for yeah, it. Yeah. At one point, they're trying to tell me everything's orchestrated, right? Uh-huh. So I have two specific things I want to know how they're orchestrating them, and if they said it and it's when I was working on Armageddon, then you let me know. One, how are they getting this squirrel to behave this way? Or am I supposed to believe a squirrel just behaves a this way? It's an animatronic. It's a puppet. It's yeah. a robot. Like hounded. Did they show that? Yeah. They showed they showed the like robot squirrel and that a guy was able to like control its movements. Yeah. Same thing for the snake? Yes, yes. also Same a robot snake. snake. Because Mutai speaks terrible parcel <laughs> tongue. And he gets <laughs> and he gets this, he gets the snake to back off. But the difference is I believe that to have been a real snake at one point in the shot, whereas the squirrel, I was like, that's not a real squirrel ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the snake at one point, someone was carrying it. And I 
thought it was a snake handler, but you're telling me it was a robot snake. Correct. Correct. We show them, they, they show them like controlling the snake movements. Uh, but then like there's a, a guy robot. like carrying it, like Britney Spears. But I guess he's just carrying the robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't actually think it's a robot snake for the record. I think they have a real snake that yeah. then they hold a remote control next to and imply that it's a robot snake. That is, that is accurate, okay. yes. Okay, thank you. Because I was like, that's a, that's a real ass Snake. I don't think they actually built a robot snake. I think they pretend. But they had a robot squirrel. Mm-hmm. It it certainly looked that way. Yeah, yeah. it was a robot squirrel. Big production bucks. That's for right. The, uh, for yeah, the I think it was movie. to Alan's point a hand puppet that they call a robot. I, but I, they, a lot of pretend in this movie. I think the snake is also a community theater. Uh, reappearance <laughs> yeah? from oh, ship from jumping ship from jumping ship from jumping ship. Yes, yeah. thank you. When they see when you see that snake two times, and it's yeah, I think that's the same snake. It's like so. a Bert the Bear scenario. Yeah, mm. yeah. Why didn't we go through the snake? I would have <laughs> loved to talk more about the snake and less about Lewis Stevens. I mean, but. To, to be fair, the snake and the defense of Rin from the snake is the genesis of the interest and the love that we get between Mutai slash Jason. I mean, after Rin. you see him. And then he would, says, would you, you just be? have to show the snake that you're uglier than it or something. Yeah, and make I was a like, scarier face than the snake or something. I was like, that's pretty insulting to the snake, first uh, of all. Yeah. What, the, what the what, man? And second of all, that's terrible advice. It would not work for a snake. Like, Could you imagine you see a rattlesnake? And you're like, listener, don't do this. Don't listen to this advice. For legal reasons. For legal reasons, making weird faces at a snake will not make them go away. Because there's some animals that, like, if you get big and loud, they will go away. Sure. Yeah, but that's what a cobra does. A king cobra fans out that shit, and you think I'm about to be like, I think you can get loud to make a snake go away, but I don't think the weird face would help at all. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe don't lunge at it in the way Mutai did, too. (laughs) That snake could have just been like, like, bite your face. Um,. So we have this plan that is trying to... So we know that the family, I'm sorry, is attempting to make a plan. We know that we have not seen the family come into contact with Ren and Lewis. Ren is now pursuing Lewis like prey through the jungle. It is the most dangerous game now. It is 100%. It is Lord of the Flies. Like it has <laughs> And Ren chases Lewis to the edge of a cliff. This is a this is a Mufasa scar moment at the edge of a cliff. And this is when Miles is like, "Oh shit, this is serious. We are liable for any injuries that happen." We're going to We're going to watch someone get murdered on yeah, live like, television. But the ratings. Miles appears in a jeep, the family appears at the same time. They are trying to convince Rin to not do this. Miles even goes so far as to say, "Hey, you're on a show." You're on a TV show. And the family supports it and runs like, no, 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 you're not going to pull another one over on me there, Miles. And then she pokes him. She pokes Lewis with the stick. She gives him a little nudge, just a little poke. And push. Push. No, push. Push. Just tap it in. <laughs> well, that, that's too strong. Just, just push. Just, just push. Just tap it in. I'm new in town. <laughs> and then I I'm new on the island. <laughs> I'm new up on the cliff. And 
Lewis tumbles off the edge of the cliff. To which Miles responds, No! Yeah, he just watched somebody die. <laughs> and, and, I, and his hands. Yeah. That's his, his hands fault. are dirty. The family's freaking out. Mom's like, my baby! And it is just like this dramatic scene. And then Ren calmly turns around and just smiles at, at everybody. And I, this is, I, I'm going to give CCR some flowers here. That was legitimately terrifying. <laughs> 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 I was like, you've just committed a murder we don't like uh, until this point we don't know what's happening and you I, coolly I look back happening. and grin to to be clear i do exactly what's happening <laughs> yeah <laughs> fair listen good, good on you i i didn't think she actually murdered her brother i thought oh they, they're they're doing what he's doing but they're doing yeah. it crazy <laughs> crazy way to end a tv series though imagine imagine they're like and then lewis stevens is dead <laughs> Please. That's how he died. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> Enjoy Even Stevens. Is this the end of Even Stevens? Yeah. This I, is the end of it. I, I, don't I know. knew this ended a, a season. It was like this was the season finale. I think this is the end of the, was this the end of the whole show? I, I think this was the end of the show. I'm not positive on it, but I, I feel pretty confident. Then behind Rin, like an angel emerging, a helicopter, which is far too close. Those blades of the helicopter are far too close to any humans. And emerges up the cliff. And you get Dave Coulee being like, gotcha! Zoom in on Miles' face! Gotcha! And then definitely Shia LaBeouf on a ladder <laughs> below, the, <laughs> below the helicopter. And they're like... And then they explain, as you mentioned, Molly, hey, we did the same thing that you did to us, but we did it to you. And I would like someone to explain to me at what point Ren and Lewis, who were never with the family who found out, found out and plotted this murder and that Lewis knew there was a net like this. This end just doesn't make any goddamn sense. I feel like the family knew, too. I feel like they were all in on it. No, they were. Everybody was like what this needed was an Ocean's Eleven moment. Where it showed me oh, the how, how we got there. Or sure. it didn't, because I didn't need more minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It would have helped, though. It yeah, would've it would have helped for context. Also, I confirm, Alan, you are correct. This was the series finale. Also, they should have killed him then. Yeah. <laughs> right? Heck of Honestly, a way to go out. Better ending. Um, Max, I think that the way that you feel about. 90s and 2000s computer uh-huh. uh, moments. That's how I feel watching these decoms whenever there's a bad stunt double. Oh, I yeah? love you when love a stunt, stunt double, double is clearly 6'4 <laughs> and a grown yeah. man, and it's supposed to be <laughs> a, a, a teenage wig. Shia yeah. LaBeouf. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. was a good one. You gotta talk about his wig, man. That the wig was, wig was not on straight. It was cockamamie all over. It also it. wasn't even really curly. It was more of like a Justin Bieber. It was like a Justin Bieber <laughs> style <laughs> haircut. And also, I don't even think the person was white. Like, it was just a ridiculous stunt oh, double God. choice. <laughs> and that's my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> so we have this reveal. Miles is humiliated on his own TV show. They they say that out loud. They also say that Miles' career is over out loud on the TV show because Dave Coulier encourages everybody to stop watching the channel where 
family, whatever the show is, is on and flip over to watch his show. And, and then Larry does it. You just watch Larry in the in the little diner, like just change the channel immediately. He's it like, Uncle great. Joey said so. I got to I got to do it. Uh, Miles career is over. The Stevens family is all together. Uh, the the fences are fixed. The bridges are mended and they are trying to now get off the island. By the way, I want to also make it known that Dave Coulier had an hour and a half to plan this. I don't know when they called him, but like that timeline doesn't match up, but I just don't want to spend more time thinking about it, but I just want to throw that out there for you. Oh, yeah, none of it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, also, did you catch this as they were doing sort of the pan over and they were doing the the names and the descriptions of the people? So like when it went to mom, it was like, Senator from the state of California, and then it went to dad, and it put out of work lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I did <laughs> I see like, that. Savage, <laughs> savage. We all get together. We are all headed back to. We're, we're all going to go home, but not before we get another moody moment for Ren and Jason, who was previously known as Mutai, to get together at the actions of Lewis Stevens. Mm-hmm. Lewis is like, "Hey, I knew you had a connection with this Jason guy," and Ren's like, "Who's Jason?" and in walks Mutai as Jason, and they connect. I this dude looks twenty years old. Mm-hmm. Like he does not look like a high schooler at all. He doesn't feel aged down. So I was like, if she's thirteen, I'm super uncomfy right now. Mm-hmm. And she's not acting like a thirteen year old, to be clear. But if if that's the implication, they're like, hey, can we like see each other after? You know, I manipulated you for the last three days <laughs> yep. into believing that I was somebody I'm not. But I promise you that I do have feelings for you. Like, for real, for real. Uh, can I see you again? And she smooches him. And it's like, she's like, yes. You were just doing your job, bro. For the record, he was 24 at the time. Great. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Well, she was 19 at the time. So I'm going to tell myself that. Yeah, but she's supposed to be 13. And yep. I don't know that they establish how old he's supposed to be. They don't. They don't. They don't. So yeah, she smooches him. And says, that's a yes. And then everybody gathers onto the copter. And they have to give an Alan Twitty forgiveness moment. And he's like, hey, are you all good? Like, is it okay? And like, yeah, you're forgiven, Twitty. Hop on the copter. But you got to sit next to Beans. And Beans pokes his head out of the copter. He's like, I'm feeling gassy. I hope they could roll the windows down. Which, like, if you're feeling gassy on a helicopter, that you don't injure the person just sitting next to you you cause mm-hmm. everyone That's in the everybody. copter to suffer yeah including the pilot bro like mm-hmm. i don't think you want to do that we, they should have left him behind just yeah leave beans on the island man this, this show this show should have ended with louis stevens getting murdered at the hand of his sister <laughs> and beans being abandoned on an island to live alone forever i actually <laughs> like the idea of beans finding cast services you know at the um tv show like where all the production's happening and just forgetting to go to the helicopter because he's eating so much bacon. <laughs> oh, good ending. Yeah. Good ending. Yeah. I dig it. Uh, they, that doesn't happen, though. They all fly home, and we get, a, we get a Beans VO narration of the end of the film where uh, Dad gets a job, is able to start bringing home the bacon, which Beans makes the <laughs> running joke of, like, it's just a turn of phrase. Lewis went back to relaxing. Donnie went to college. Rin and Jason are dating, which again, uncomfy. And Beans is still continuing to invite himself over to the Stevens family home without invitation. He just shows up. And, uh, and, and the movie ends with another 
familial altercation at the dinner table at Beans's prompting. And then we get Christy Carlson Romano singing an outro song. All of them. Everybody awesome. sings. Tim Meadows sings. Yes, that is true. That, you know, you're right. Everybody sings. Shia LaBeouf definitely drums. plays the drums. Yeah, he's on the drums. Uh, and as they're singing the outro song, we get bloopers from the yeah. movie and the we rap do. showing the camaraderie and love between this cast. Yeah. And that is how we end the Even Stevens movie. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Two. You're rating it a two? <laughs> two. Max is kicking it off. Two. Okay, Max, give us your rationale. It's horrible. <laughs> what more rationale do I need? This movie's horrible. Yeah. I've, I've turned off one film before, and I turned this movie off. Yeah. The only reason it gets a two is because I think that some of these side characters have good moments mm. that mm. I sort of enjoyed, and I like Tim Meadows as an actor. Yeah. But, like, he's not in this show. He's not the main cast. He's not who I'm supposed to care about. This movie is horrible. And I've remembered that... As a as a pair as a as a mirror to the Jet Jackson movie, which made me feel nostalgic for my childhood and helped me rediscover characters that I loved and enjoyed, and that made me feel warm and cozy. I was reminded why I hated this show, why I would change the channel away for it, why I did not care about it at all, why I found it fucking annoying, and this movie is a two. <laughs> okay, Molly. Three. Uh, 0.5 of that is for the shark fin cam because it's as close as we've gotten to a shark in a decom, so I must reward them for their progress. Oh. Another 0.5 is for the snake because, uh, <laughs> you know, as a Slytherin, I like to see that kind of respect. Um, and then a whole point is for the weird foursome grape joke with the parents. I quite <laughs> enjoyed that. <laughs> um, and then... Um, yeah, I think I guess the last point is going to partly um, I'd say it's split between Team Meadows and Dave Coulier. So, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a little bummed with this movie because having familiarity with even Stevens and like I can't remember any specific plot points or bits from the show. So maybe I didn't watch it as much as I thought I did. I thought this would be like Jet Jackson for Max. I thought this would be like watching the Lizzie McGuire movie or something where I had like a nice warm hug of nostalgia. And instead I was like, wait, is this show stupid? Um, and yes, is the answer. So, uh, it's a 3.5 for me, which is just because of like the seeing the cast again, I think like as a part of the show, um, I think if I had watched this through kid eyes, I would give it a very different rating. Uh, but yeah, 3.5 that is on the back of, just the cast being them as humans, um, not necessarily for the movie at all, and the inclusion of Tim Meadows and Dave Coulier. Not going to really reiterate. I think that the the overall execution was just so wildly and maddeningly inconsistent, and in some cases bad. And I also wish that like we didn't go back to the tropes that are just so tired in some of the decoms that that we just like after, especially coming off of Right on Track, we didn't need to see again. Mm-hmm. I do have to read for you a review from IMDb. Now I'm going to take some deep breaths because this is one sentence. This review is one sentence. It is a singular sentence. Okay. It is titled Cinematic Masterpiece. Oh, like Armageddon. Yeah, like Armageddon. 
Truly the greatest film of all time. Every frame is just a true masterpiece. Where's the Oscar award for this film? I mean, the entire cast was completely robbed. Sorry, nobody's doing it like them anymore. Palm. Palm? Face palm. Sorry. Face palm. Emoji. That's the whole review? That's the whole review. Um, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Dude, I love the people on IMDb. They're so great. They're so passionate. Truly the greatest film of all time. Every frame is just a true masterpiece. Where's the Oscar award for this film? I mean, the entire cast was completely robbed. Nobody's doing it like them anymore. True. Facepalm emoji. Nobody is doing it like them Nobody anymore. is doing it like them anymore. It's true. Well, I mean, the Even Stevens show went away after this. So that's I, right. is I'm canonically saying. accurate. Yeah, you're right. Literally correct. Okay. Well, after that, what do we have coming up next week? Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Hmm. This one gets talked about a lot, but I don't know it. I don't know Same. it either. But I hear things about it, that it's it's very well-loved. And I, it's a sports movie, Molly. It's oh. a sports movie, and uh, we got to get through this one, friends. And then we're at the Cheetah Girls. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I... See, the name doesn't make it seem like a sports movie to me. It makes it seem like a cooking movie. I, and I, I think it is going to be... <clears throat> Uh, based on the poster and the title alone, knowing nothing about this film, I'm going to predict it is a Troy Bolton tale of two lives where he oh. has to choose between mm. a sport and, and cooking. So you're getting mm. that prediction in now? I'm getting that prediction in now. Okay, cool. I dig it. I dig. Well, well, we'll see next week. In the meantime, folks, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. It really does help us out. Be sure to uh, subscribe wherever you listen as well. And follow us on all of our socials and join in the conversation on Discord. But until next time, friends, this has been Zetas Lapidus. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, bye. Bye.